0: Hello and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of Gabrielle Dolan. Uh, welcome, Gabrielle.
1: Thank you, Julian. It's great to be here. Yes,
0: yeah, good to have you on here. I know it's quite late in the evening there in Australia. So, um,
1: it is. Uh, it's after 9pm, it's after which is getting very close to my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Well, let's hope we can get through that conversation before you fall asleep, but um, I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, It's good to have you on. I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, You are a speaker, you're an author, uh, you're a founder of Jargon Free Fridays, Uh, you're a global thought leader on business storytelling, which we're going to get into, and real communication and uh, in last year you recognized for this uh, where you were awarded the communicator of the year by the international association of business communicators asia Pacific region which is fantastic um, as i said you are a best-selling author of, of numerous books uh, and recently launched uh, one called magnetic stories connect with customers and engage employees with brand storytelling so lots of brand storytelling and I'm sure we'll hear lots of stories today, Um, not that I'm teeing you any up or inferring anything but uh, we need to have stories from the storyteller but before we get into that and uh, I always ask my guests this is what do you love about what you do Gabrielle?
1: Well you know I love Julian, it's like this podcast is helping organizations thrive, I don't think you can help organizations thrive unless you help leaders thrive and um, one of the one of the things, probably one of the very best things I love is when I can teach a leader storytelling and they do a workshop and then they contact me, whether it's a week later or a month later or even a year later, to tell me to just to say thank you. They've used my methodology. They've shared stories. It's changed the way they communicate. It's changed the way they lead. And just, you know, and, and you sort of know for every one person that gives you feedback, there's probably a lot more that, don't um and just just to know you've made an impact to, to actually know you've made someone do their job better and and helping them make an impact is mm. what i love like about my job
0: and have you always been into storytelling is it something you've always done or is it naturally done or when did you realize that storytelling was really important and, and part of who you are
1: yeah i I'm going to answer that question on two parts because I'm still uh, really close to friends that I went to school with. So, you know, like, you know, in my teens, in my twenties, and they think it's hilarious that I make a living out of teaching people, telling stories, because of what they'll say to you, that I was always the storyteller, that I was always the one, you know, we'd go out for dinner and I was the one, always the one holding court, telling funny stories. So I think, I think I've always been good at telling stories. I don't know whether that comes from. I'm um I'm one of eight children and I like to think that, you know, it's the only way you got only way you got anyone's attention by telling a good story.
0: And are you unique in your family for storytelling or is everybody a storyteller? Uh,
1: I think well, I think everyone is a storyteller, but um, my dad was a storyteller. My dad was absolutely a storyteller, and uh, like you know, and and he was the classic never let the truth get in in, in the way of a good story. Um, so my dad was definitely a storyteller. Um, But I think professionally, professionally what I started to notice, and it was almost about 20 years ago, so I was working um, in one of Australia's largest banks. I I was, you know, I had a corporate role, senior leader in a corporate role, and what I started to notice is, you know, it's difficult to get your message across in leadership roles. And what I started to notice, if I just shared something personal, like something that sort of happened in my personal life and related to business it seemed to have an impact, and in my last couple of roles at the bank, it was actually in change management. It was rolling out major change projects. It was about 20 years ago. It was actually one of the implementations of SAP, which was one of the very early implementations. And what I started to notice is when I started to communicate the message through sharing a story, people not only understood the message better but actually sort of remembered it and remembered it like a long way after the the meeting. And um so it was about 20 years ago I sort of started to think, oh, there's something in this. And, you know, as years went on, I started looking into it and there was a couple of people from the States uh, that had written books on it. There was someone from the UK who had written a book on storytelling. And I just sort of thought I, I had done a fair bit of leadership development training, like designing and delivering training programs, and I just sort of thought that, you know, I reckon... I, I think I can teach I think this is a skill and I think I can teach people how to do it. So that's how it started. And I, I left I left the corporate world seventeen years ago and have been teaching people, teaching leaders in business how to tell storytelling t- since then, even when storytelling 17 years ago was not was not a thing.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think it's it's interesting to talk about stories because stories add a bit of meaning, don't they, to something. They and, and more memorable, I guess, in that sense. Um, and do you think those stories do they have to be a, a personal nature? Is that, is that what you're saying, or, or can could, do you mean can stories just be just threaded through an organisation in terms of how they portray their their, their business?
1: Yeah, look. Look, I think it's both. Um, I think the default when we talk about let's uh, sharing stories in business, our default is business stories. So you know, it might be like we talk about a work we've done with a previous client or on a different project. Um, and but what happens to them is they turn to this is the potential for a story, but they end up being a case study. Which you know, there's nothing wrong with case studies, but they're not stories. And a, a story should have an emotional connection. Right. So. I still think those business-related stories are really valid and you still need them. And especially in my latest book, you talk about it, there's a lot of those stories. But I reckon, I think that some of the most powerful stories is when you share a personal story. And when I say a personal story, it just means it's not like your deepest, darkest, innermost fears or anything. It's just something that didn't happen at work. And how the key is how you relate that to the business message. And I think they can be your most powerful. So I, when I talk about business storytelling, it's definitely the personal stories, how you relate it to a business message, but how you tell those, those business stories more effectively, you know, not going on for 10 minutes and boring everyone. So there's a, how do you actually do that?
0: And, and, and have you got an example of that that would relate to a, a, a client who had a, a story that used a personal example in a business context?
1: Yeah, and and that's the vast majority of my work. In fact, the, um, the book you can see over my shoulder this way, this way. <laughs> it's, um, it's all personal stories. So uh, let me let me think of let me. Th- I'll, I'll I'll show you one the best way to do it. So um, the vast majority of the time when I go into organisations is there when they're rolling out values. So we spend a lot. Companies spend a lot of time on going. You know, this is our purpose. This is our mission. These are our values. Mm-hmm. strategies whatever how do you then communicate it in a way that people get and I truly believe that you cannot communicate values without personal stories so I'll give you an example and this is uh, this is sort of a snapshot of, of what I do so I worked with a company um, one of their values was integrity so you know the whole heap of values the processes I go through um, I was running a training workshop with with all the leaders one of the leaders her name was Anne and so I just went through this process. Okay, okay, so one of your value is integrity. That's the that's the value you want to communicate. You goes, Yep. And I go, what does it mean to you? And and this is what happens, Julian. I, I can work with senior leaders in organizations, like even the executive leadership team. And I'll go, so you one of the company values is integrity. And I go, yep. Okay. So tell me what that means to you personally. And I go, tell them, tell me what it means to you personally. And I'll go, oh, it means um, telling the truth. I go, okay, what else does it mean? It means, um, uh, and then they'll go, I don't know, you've put me on the spot here. I haven't really thought. That. <laughs> so that in itself is is a realisation that we're asking our leaders to embed, for want of a better word, the values, yeah. but they have- thought about it so we go through this process and ann goes it's about telling the truth it's about if you say you're going to do something do it um and then she said she then she says but what it really means to me is doing the right thing all the time she goes i think we're really good at doing the right thing when it suits us but not necessarily doing the right thing when it doesn't just doing the right thing all the time she goes it's a little bit like that saying do the right thing even if no one's watching Okay. So that's fine. She could have communicated it that way, but this is an example of the personal story. So this is the personal story she shared. Um, and I I sort of put it to you as, as I'm sharing this story, maybe pretend I'm your new manager and what, what this story does for you. Okay. So she said, uh, in the early sixties, my dad was a professional swimmer and he reached the point in his career where he tried out for the national swim squad. And on the day of the meet, He was apparently winning his race, but he got to the end to do the tumble turn and he slightly misjudged and he missed the wall. Now, this was in the 60s and it was way before technology and sensors in the wall. Mm. They had judges at the top, but with all that splashing and kicking, he knew that they wouldn't know if he touched the wall or not. So he had to make a split-second decision. Does he go back and touch the wall or does he just keep swimming? And he decided to go back and touch the wall. Now, you don't really recover from a race when you've got to turn around and touch the wall, and and he didn't. And he never, ever made the national swim squad. And uh, she'd always say to her dad, there must be times when you regret going back to touch the wall. And he said, I've never regretted that because if I didn't go back and touch the wall, I would have to spend the rest of my life knowing I did the wrong thing. And I'm sharing this with you because... It's only a matter of time before we come across our own go-back-and-touch-the-wall moment. Mm. What I invite you to do is to do what my dad would do. Now, I think that story does so much heavy lifting for her. about. I, I was does.
0: going to say, I, th- there's so much power in that, isn't there? Right. That example, it's a personal story. Uh, you just grab hold of it. I, I felt it I, and as you were sharing it so no, no I, I think there's, there's a huge amount of value in it I know, i've never seen it that way i mean I, I know people do share stories but actually being quite intentional yeah and thinking about and, you, yeah. and the values are really important because values often are in organizations are said but nobody's living them but by actually attaching a personal story means you're going to you've thought about it to try and live it a bit more aren't you i guess yeah. that's what you're trying to do yeah.
1: The reality is, you know, Julian, you and I—we've been around long enough, and we—I am I'm sure we've been all all through so many values rollouts. You know, where we um, everyone gets a mouse pad or a coffee mug with a values on it, and they get painted on the wall in the foyer, and and then we wonder why a year later no one even remembers them, let alone lives them lives them and then we and then we think we'll be really smart and make the um, values an acronym as if that's going to help people you know remember oh, our values are care I was like for whatever um I truly believe that without and sharing that story it doesn't bring the value to life so you know imagine if she had said so integrity is really important to me and what it means is doing the right thing even if no one's watching it was it's so what it's only through the story Mm-hmm. Um, it brings it to life. And every time I share that story in a training workshop, I say to people, and I do set it up to say, imagine if I'm your new manager, what does that now tell you tell you about me? And they all go, I trust her straight away. I'm gonna work mm-hmm. for her. I know if I don't hit my target, but I do the right thing, she'll have my back. She's setting up a culture of um, it's not a win at all cost culture. Um, you know this is really important to her, it's not just a company value. So it's, it's like all this amazing stuff happens in a 90-second story.
0: And how do we decide on – because we, we talk about authenticity, and this is all about being authentic, and, and that's a well a word that's used quite deliberately and, and mm-hmm. defined probably in many different ways and different views. Yeah. Um, in my view, authenticity is, is demonstrating your, your values yeah. and beliefs in, 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 in essence. Uh, it's not just about being – just hanging it all out there. So how do you – I guess get that balance between sharing something personal like your what your dad did many years ago to demonstrate integrity with not oversharing and and, and there's a balance isn't there like anything in authentic sort of leadership
1: yeah so so a couple of things there I I, I, I do believe authentic and authentic leadership is thrown around to me when it comes to story authenticity in storytelling there's two things first of all the story has to be true so we're not Making up stories or exaggerating stories, and Julian, you'd be surprised. In the workshop, I sort of go, "Is it okay to make up a story as long as it gets the point across?" And the amount of people that go, "Yes," it was like, "My God, wrong answer." (laughs) Let's just just go back to that integrity sort of. uh, Yeah, exactly. It was like, why would you? And and I get a lot the reason people do is because they think their own personal stories aren't big enough and that and that's why they do it in fairness um but also the other thing of authenticity is you have to believe in the value so this is this is a real congruence. so Anne can't share a story like that and then someone comes up and go i didn't miss my target because of i did the right thing sort of thing and and she you know tells them off it'll be like hang on what this was I'll go back and touch the wall moment. So authenticity means it's got to be true, but it's got to be congruent with what you believe. This is this is true, you know, um, believing. And I know that's leadership 101 stuff, but it's amazing how often that doesn't happen. Um, so that's one thing. The you talked about there's a fine line between oversharing and what's the right story. I actually I, I sort of agree and disagree. I actually don't think it's a fine line. I think there's um in business, we are so reluctant to share personal stuff. We are so reluctant to show vulnerability that the oversharing—and I know some people can do it—but the oversharing seems to be like this far apart, and we're just getting close. So right. um, oversharing is bad. Like you don't—you don't want someone mm. to share a story in a, you know, a business setting, professional settings, and you sort of go, "Oh my god, I can't unsee that type thing or whatever." <laughs> Um, but I think we're I think we're a very long way from oversharing. We, we we probably all know one one or two people that may do that, but the vast majority of us will never get there. Even like even sharing a simple story about your dad or something that happened on the weekend sometimes feels a massive risk to people that they're not they're not oversharing.
0: And I guess if it's a personal story, it starts to play into that uh, aspect of be open and transparent as well and also they start to understand a little bit more about you i mean forget the attaching it to a value to demonstrate that they start to see you who you are because you're sharing a, a personal story but also that creates that vulnerability as well doesn't it because you're yeah, yeah. out there, which is perhaps you've never shared that before in that context yeah
1: absolutely julian there, there's a couple of things i you know because of my background i worked in you know a senior leader and uh, to me i approach storytelling from a really practical point of view as in if you need to communicate a message, whether it's around your values or your strategy or your purpose or just, just a message around teamwork or innovation or whatever, it mm. through a story. That's the re- that's the most practical reason why we're doing this. Mm. The added benefit, though, is as a leader um, or at, when you're sharing a personal story, the added benefit is I get to know you a little bit better and it strengthens the relationship. So there's there's all this science research to show mm. that when you share a personal story, and again, personal is not deepest darkest fears. It's just something not related to work. Mm. Um, when you do that, it's not only I have I have a I get your message, but I have a greater trust and respect for the storyteller. So when you're talking about leadership, or even with dealing with um, customers, mm. what trying to do is strengthen the relationship you, and that's the added benefit to, to sharing personal stories.
0: Mm. I mean I, I it's interesting because I'm starting to do something within group setting now I, I I try and think of stories personal stories to situations Uh if I'm talking about purpose I'm talking about how to to keep going and be resilient so I do a lot about on resilience you know I might share a story where you know I was going to do base camp Everest base camp and the day before, before I got there, uh, I had uh, altitude sickness and I was horrendous, horrific. You know, it wasn't very good. And almost the people were all dropping like flies. And I, I talk about how I got back to the purpose why I was doing this. And that's yep. what got me through. And I, I share that story and a more embellished, not embellished as he made up, more, more sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I said it to this morning to a, to a lady I was talking, I'm coaching a, a rowing team that's going around Great Britain. And they, they were like, she went, Oh wow! I really and, and it just got a connection because of something I shared, and, mm-hmm. and even though they're doing something far bigger than I was, but she understood why I was talking about why purpose is important, why it's important to embed that in your in your sort of psyche, as it were, and that will keep you going in the tough times. Otherwise, you yeah. feel aimless. So yeah, so it it does really work. It's brilliant, actually. Oh,
1: yeah. I um when you when you just talked about there like, that you're sharing a story about resilience and you're talking about um the base camp. Oh, where where are we going, Everest or
0: Everest based company? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it, it's interesting you say that. So because some of the things, because a lot of the lot of the um, hurdles for p- p- uh, leaders sharing stories is they go, I don't have any stories. Like I haven't done anything amazing, and I actually sort of say. When I'm not looking for the climbing Mount Everest stories. But I want to talk about this because some people will still go, but I don't have any stories. So you might have this amazing story of reaching base camp on Mount Everest, which is which is good, and, it, and clearly that's going to work. I had a, I had a leader that their, their, their department was going through massive change and the message he wanted to get about was around resilience and so I want to share the story he shared because I, I want to highlight that you don't need the Mount Everest or the base. I mean, if you've done them, good. <laughs> yes. his, story, his story was, and I'll tell you the story he shared, he said um, earlier this year my daughter Julia started school. And she came home from school the very first day, so excited, saying, Daddy, Daddy, they got a monkey bars at school. And he noticed that she had blisters all over her hands from the monkey bars and said, don't go on the monkey bars tomorrow, Julia, or it'll make your blisters worse. And she goes, but, Dad, I really want to make it to the other side. She came home from school the next day, blisters had burst. He went went on the monkey bars, didn't you, Julia? But, Dad, I really want to make it to the other side. Again, he put Band-Aids on the blisters and, again, suggested don't go on the monkey bars tomorrow. It'll make your blisters worse. And this went on for about two weeks until she came home and said, guess what I did today, Dad? I made it to the other side. And he he shares that story but ends it by saying, you know, I'm sharing this with you because it sort of reminds me of the change we're about to embark on. We are going through something a lot more significant than climbing monkey bars, but imagine what we could achieve for our customers if we all had the resilience to make it to the other side. Hmm. I love that story because it is so so simple. For, so for anyone that says I don't have any stories, I just go, don't dismiss the monkey bar stories because mm-hmm. they are sometimes the most. It's,
0: it's the everyday it's stuff, the, stuff, isn't it? That there is yeah, everyday, everyday stuff. Everyday stuff. And so, that, how, and do you, so how do you help you? How do you get those people? Because if I was in a workshop, I know my head would just go blank. <laughs> you say, think of a story about something. I'm in. I really can't think, how do you get people into that mode yeah. of yeah, thinking that. those, even those everyday stories, not the obvious story yeah. or whatever else they've done, but the small stories, which I'll so,
1: so people start. So often people go, I don't have any stories. I've been doing this for almost 17 years and, I like, I've, I've lost or like I've seriously lost count of the amount of people I've trained, so let's just say tens of thousands. Um, I reckon I can count on my hand the number of people who haven't been able to tell a story and and I reckon they haven't been able to tell a story because they've got a story they just don't want to um so so very quickly the process in a very quick time there's a couple of things one of the one of the questions I ask, so homework I give people in the in the in the training is almost think of all the things you've done in your life and just write them down and you can get you can take that to extreme levels but if you you sit there for a while, you'll think of random stuff and then you'll go, I've never thought about that. Like why Why is that? And then, and then it's almost like, well, what message could I take from that? Um, but what I do in the workshop is go, okay, so you want something on t- integrity, so doing the right thing um, even if no one's watching. Or if you say if you say you're say you going to do something, do it. So the, the key is to not think of a story around integrity. It's to break that down, telling um, mm. the truth, If you say you're gonna do something, do it, doing the right thing, and then pick one of those. So if if you even said, if you say you're gonna do something, do it. Okay, that's your message. And then I go just simply go, where have you experienced that in your life outside of work? Where have where have you not done it? So that's another really cool thing to say, where have you not done it? Where have you said you would do something and not done it? And and I guarantee you you feel regret because of that? Um, was there, was that something your parents always taught you? Was it a teacher that told you that? Um, and, and you'll find things. Like even me doing now and people listening, and you'll probably go, yeah, actually I've got an example of that. Mm. I've got an example of that. It was like, you know, you you promised to pick your kids up and you weren't there or you promised to meet a friend and you didn't go. It, 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 you, you're going to have so many different examples and you're normally going to remember them because, you um, you regret it. And the fact that you regret it, it, it's because it's something, it's a value you hold dear to you and you regret it.
0: And so sharing sure. those things is when you so It's almost sharing, sharing the negative almost in, in that sense. Sharing
1: the negative. It's sharing, you know, I often, you know, when i just even saying that, I, I can remember a time when, you know, my daughter was like 10 and I told her I'd go watch her swimming. And I did turn up to swimming, but I got so engrossed talking to the parents, I missed her race. And she could see, like she was yelling at me to watch her. And she's like, "Mum, you didn't, you didn't see me." And I go, "No, I did." She goes, "Mum, you didn't see me. I was." And I, it's just like, to me, it, it, it's still one of the biggest regrets I had in my life. And so, and so by sharing a story of when you didn't live the value and the, that you regret it, you go, well, "Obviously, that's a pretty important value to you." And we don't live, we don't live our values all the time. We're human. We, no one does. No one does, so so it's finding those stories, and I think as leaders, they become your most um, valuable stories to share because people get to know you better.
0: Yeah, no, I can see that. It's, it's more than just the, the mm-hmm. message you're trying to get across. It's it, it's it's sharing you, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so
1: and, really- and and you talked a bit about vulnerability. That
0: that takes a
1: vulnerability to say mm-hmm. I didn't get it right. That's fun, and that's vulnerability.
0: So what, why do you think it has such an impact on individuals and organizations by doing this rights, this sort of brand storytelling? Uh, why do you think it has such an impact?
1: the the reason story is so powerful because it taps into emotion and when I say emotion it's not like it's not getting people all emotional but it taps into emotion the reason you'll have an impact about the story about go back go back and touch the wall it taps into emotion and the mistake we make in business because we think it's very professional and logical Mm -hmm. that we need to communicate everything in a logical way and and, lo- and, and of course we need the logic and we need the facts and figures and everything that needs to make sense, but um, logic just informs people. That's all it does. It doesn't move mm. people and it certainly doesn't inspire people. Anyone in traditional, um, you know, sales roles will tell you people buy on emotion and they rationalise on logic. And whether we're buying a pair of shoes or whether we're buying into a company's purpose mm. or brand or values or, you know, strategy, Your employees are buying into that on emotion. They're not, and yes, it's got to make logical sense, but I truly believe most change fails in organisations, and and I've spent 35 years in organisations either working with them them or in them to know most change fails, and I truly believe most change fails. Why the reason change fails is because we're trying to communicate it solely through logic and we just keep feeling like we're smashing our head up against a brick wall. Mm. Why don't they get it? And it was like, well, if you know they don't get it, why don't, why don't you try something different? <laughs> <laughs> I love, um, there's a great quote from um, G- uh, George Bernard Shaw who said, the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that has taken place. And I love that. Like we yeah. think, communicate, oh, we are communicated the strategy, tick. we are communicated the values, tick. But if yeah. people don't get it, you haven't communicated and and it's not their job, you know. I, I sort of say to leaders, the, the easy thing is to say, well, they don't get it, they weren't paying attention, they weren't listening, we've told them three times it's their problem. It's actually not their problem, it's your problem because you're the one that wants them to get them. And it's not their job to get it, it's your job to help them get it. So if the current way you're doing it, is not working. Try something different and storytelling, <laughs> yes. and it works. You know, you
0: keep
1: doing the same thing and expect a different result. That's the definition of stupidity. And and organisations have been doing that for decades, doing yeah. the same thing and expecting a different result.
0: And I agree with you. I, I as a leader and as being leading an organisation and talk to leaders, I'd definitely the. The responsibility of how you communicate and getting that message across sits with the leader and i think often they say well i've done this this and this yeah. well have you checked in on you know all that aspect, and have you done it differently uh, i totally agree and as we just 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 finally in terms of this year what's your i guess advice to organizations right now as we're coming out of pandemic coming out of lockdowns various locations around the world maybe very different but in terms of what we've learned in the last 12 months, what you've learnt, what's your sort of one sort of advice for this year really?
1: I, I, I think this has been an amazing year for 18 months now and I, and I truly hope there's a lot of good things that have come out of this and I hope we don't lose them. I think one thing is um, I have seen a massive increase in people wanting storytelling training because I think, A, there's this realisation that being physically disconnected means we need to be connected more than ever. So we need emotional connection. Um, there's all these, you know, everyone's been doing Zoom, so all of a sudden the kid will walk in and they're having conversations about the kid or their cat will walk across. It's this, for years we've been saying bring your whole self to work. Yeah. What it's taken is everyone from working from home for that to happen. And we've actually, yeah. I think I think working from home we've seen a snapshot into people's life that is that is brought out more so we've got to know each other more at a personal level and and i think then and and that's what storytelling does it it allows you to get to know each other more at a personal level so i think i think there's a realization that storytelling's needed more than ever um and and also when we are physically disconnected when we are speaking to our teams virtually you know you, there's heaps of people that have joined your team and you haven't actually physically met yet, that mm. storytelling is um, a fast way to strengthen a relationship, but to, to, to get trust and mm. to strengthen relationships. So I, I've seen storytelling really almost like, you know, we're sort of going on this getting more accepted, more accepted, more accepted. I think in the last 18 months people have gone like we just need it now more than ever and we realise the importance of connection.
0: Yeah, I think you made a valid point about we're in people's homes now (laughs) because with Zoom, we actually see what's going on and the kids and the animals and all the shenanigans that may go on. Actually, we start to see people for who they are. Uh, And that can be a a really positive thing. And then you can realise actually some people don't have a lot of space in the home they're, they're doing everything from the bedroom or something like yeah, that which is quite challenging absolutely. as well so we, you know, we get you know, to
1: know and, to and sometimes it could even be something in your background and someone goes what's that picture of and you go, oh that's a picture of and and you know what people tell a story yes people because it's the way as humans we communicate and and that's been that's been a beautiful thing coming out of
0: covid oh that's good actually that's a really great positive and i i appreciate you Telling your stories and helping us, inspiring us to tell stories. I, I think there's such value in it. Uh, and I think, and as you say, we can all do it with a everyday examples uh, to the big examples. It doesn't have to be a massive thing. Um, how can people get in touch with you and how can they get hold of your books, more importantly, as well?
1: Yeah, well, that's true. Um, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. That's the best way. But on if storytelling sort of, of interests you, my website, so gabrieldolan.com. Um, if you get on that, I've got a seven-day storytelling starter kit. So it's free um, and it's sort of what it is. If you if you want to think in how do I get started on this, it's seven days. I'll send you a video, little short, you know, two-minute video, and it will just help you think of how you get started. So that's the best way to get in contact. All my books, you know, the latest book, this one here, here, that one there, Stories for Work, all, you know, available on all the, you know, standard Amazon and, you know, it. Everything, all your online stuff. So that's the best
0: way that, yeah, would be
1: happy to assist with anyone that thinks they need storytelling in their organisation.
0: Really really enjoyed it, Gabrielle. Thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks, Julian. It's been good.
0: If you like this episode, then please do subscribe, do share with your friends, and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organisation to create a resilient, culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.